The numbers are simply staggering. Nearly 30,000 people killed after five months of war, most of them civilians. Every day in Gaza, grieving families pick through rubble to search for the remains of loved ones under buildings crushed by Israeli attacks. We can't always show you these scenes as Israel bars journalists from covering its war on Hamas without a military escort. But tonight, a CNN special report offers a window into Israel's use of overwhelming and often indiscriminate force in areas where civilians are sheltering. Our Jamana Karache and colleagues spent weeks documenting an attack in January that killed more than half of the members of one family. And we warn you, her report is graphic as well as extremely disturbing. Every patient here has a harrowing account of survival. But it is the story of this one young woman that, as you'll see, would become key to uncovering an atrocity that until today had been hidden in the dark. They're all gone. I have no one left, 18-year-old Druba Abu Jibba told us. She offered few clues as to what had happened to her and her family. But a week later, a cameraman working for CNN in Gaza was out filming, as he's done every day for months. He was one of the first to arrive in this area just after Israeli forces had withdrawn. It was on that day, January 14th, when he stumbled upon the scene of a horrific incident. At first, we had no idea this was connected to Ruba until they start pulling documents from the rubble. It's Gaza's grim routine of trying to identify the dead. Then, the startling discovery. Later that day, CNN producer Abir Salman screens the footage and sees Ruba's ID. This is where she was critically injured, and the bodies are the remains of her family. The images tell of the brutal force that was unleashed here, and people speak of a massacre of civilians. With the stench of death in the air, they pull body after body. Tiny corpses carried on blankets. And in the corner, a woman sits, covered in flies, in her decomposing arms, a young man. But we still didn't really know what had happened here. It would be really helpful, especially if we could go through the satellite images. This grisly discovery was the start of a weeks-long CNN investigation, complicated by Israel's ban on journalists entering Gaza without IDF escort and frequent communication blackouts. We tracked down seven survivors, gathered video, satellite imagery, Israeli military press releases. We verified social media content and spoke with ballistic and forensic experts, allowing us to piece together the events of a bloody night of death and horror amid intense and indiscriminate Israeli military fire that left civilians dead. We started by asking the IDF about the incident, giving them pictures and exact coordinates. The military said their troops had come under fire from that location on January 4th and responded with a, quote, precise strike to remove an imminent threat and cannot confirm if the bodies are linked to that strike. Our investigation raises serious questions about the IDF's actions that day. This is where it all unfolded. There's a wide area of Salahuddin Street. 
Before the war, it was an industrial zone. But as Israel designated Salah Hadin the evacuation corridor out of northern Gaza, business owners allowed hundreds of displaced people to stay in these warehouses. All of a sudden, in early January, those families could hear war creeping closer. This was the scene filmed by a journalist in nearby Maghazi. The families decided they would leave when morning came, but it was Israeli forces who arrived first. Eyewitnesses say the warehouses on both sides of the road we recreated in this 3D model were repeatedly struck from the ground and air. Families sheltering in the warehouses on the left broke holes through back walls, escaping into the farmlands. For the warehouse on the right, there was no escape for most. They were surrounded. They say the Israelis shot at anyone who tried to walk out. My son, along with other relatives, started getting our belongings out the door. A bomb exploded. They struck him in the heart. He bled, ran, fell to the ground, and died. Our relative and another guy were also killed. Everyone was screaming and calling for an ambulance. Ruba's mother, Sumeya, helplessly watched as her son Hamdi died in front of her eyes. But nothing could have prepared her for what would come next. As we were calling for help, another bomb hit. We were all knocked unconscious. When I woke up, I found my children and relatives killed. Ruba was hanging between life and death. What knocked them unconscious was likely a massive 2,000-pound bomb, according to three ballistic experts who analyzed images of the crater. The blast shockwave is so powerful that it can rupture the lungs, leaving victims to drown in their own blood. Two forensic experts who examine our video tell us this shockwave is what they believe killed the Abu Jibbas. Ruba's sister Diana survived. She ran out frantically searching for help. The Israelis fired a bomb at us. I saw my siblings dying. Hamdi died in my arms. I went out to get an ambulance. The tank was close to us. We started running. They started shooting at me. While the Israeli military says these allegations of shooting at civilians are baseless, Sumeya and three of her children barely made it out. They wanted to get help for the others, but couldn't return left not knowing if loved ones they'd left alive would survive their injuries. Five of the Abu Jibba children were killed, the youngest among them as Zain. He was 10 and Ali, 13. Their bodies lay rotting in the warehouse. What the family didn't know was that Ruba was still alive, bleeding for four long days among the dead. After a January 7th interview, we tried to find her again. She was lost in the chaos of overwhelmed hospitals. After weeks of searching, we found her, miles away in Rafah, receiving treatment. The Israelis were outside shooting and started firing bombs. We were all injured and fell to the ground. The metal roof and wood collapsed on us. My mother and brother came to take me, but I couldn't get up because of the injuries to my arm and eyes. So she left to get an ambulance. With Ruba desperate for help and her little brother Ali fighting for his life for days, Israeli forces were right outside. Satellite images from January 5th, one day after the attack, show IDF vehicles by the warehouse and freshly bulldozed ground as close as 70 meters from where the siblings lay. My family members who were still alive left. 
a relative and I stayed. They started bulldozing the place and dumped it on top of the dead people, my siblings. She and her relative felt they had to get out of this shelter-turned-morgue. They decided to make a daring escape. They were questioned by soldiers about links to Hamas before making it to the relative safety of a local hospital. We cannot confirm the Israeli military's claim that their troops came under fire, and yet survivors we spoke to tell us there were no militants in the warehouses. Some witnesses say they heard what they called resistance fire, and local journalists that day reported clashes in the area. CNN found that the Israeli military has separately alleged there were Hamas weapons facilities nearby, but never linked them to the warehouse where the Abu Jibba's sheltered, which we've highlighted here on this IDF map. However it began, there is no doubt the Israeli military used ferocious firepower. The size of the bomb was by its nature indiscriminate, and survivors say they were not warned to leave by the military, as it claims it always tries to do. In response to extensive questions from CNN, the IDF claimed it told civilians to leave in the days before the deadly incident, but provided no evidence when asked. The first time the military publicly said this part of Gaza was no longer a safe evacuation route came in this post on X at 11.28 a.m. on January 4th, hours after the attack. They knew we were civilians. Their drones saw everything. We had big white flags up. They said it's a safe area. The South is safe. We came to the South for nothing. They bombed us and killed our children in the South. The events of that January day, only a small window into the vast undocumented suffering that the Israeli militaries inflicted on civilians in Gaza, with tens of thousands already killed, leaving so many, like the Abu Jibba family, grieving, traumatized, with no recourse to justice and accountability. They died in front of me. I couldn't do anything. We would laugh, be silly, and play together. Now those memories are gone. Jumana Karachi, CNN, London.